Hey y'all, welcome back again to the SB Nation College Ball Recruiting Podcast, a SB Nation podcast with Bud Elliott, that's me, and Morgan Moriarty. Morgan, what's going on? Doing well. Um, coming coming at you live from my childhood bedroom. Really glamorous this week. Are you back in the Sunshine State? <laughs> yes, I am back in Orlando. So we, we are in all Florida podcast day. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty nice out down here. It's almost a little, my, my wife was not real happy. She's like, Babe, it's it's eighty today, and and that does, to me that doesn't really feel like like Christmas weather, you know. But, it is a little depressing, but I mean, growing up here, I was used to it. It's supposed to like get kind of cool on Christmas. Fingers crossed. I probably just jinxed it, but um, hopefully that actually happens. I, I I think it's pretty cool to have a little little colder Christmas out there. I'm gonna be in when Orlando I say for- cold. It's like high of like seventy, so it's right. It's like, oh, you're drinking coffee out on the porch. Like, should, I, <laughs> should I put slippers on? I don't know. Yeah, and I'm uh, not sweating. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, all right, well, the, we just wrapped the first uh, early signing period in college ball history. Three days. Uh, we discussed that on the last show if you wanted to check out kind of how that worked and, and why that went down. Uh, but we're here today to kind of recap the whole thing. And you know, speaking of, of hot, uh, you know what class was pretty hot, Morgan? Uh, Georgia's. Uh, they were... They started hot and just stayed hot the whole day. That was that was pretty ridiculous. Um, I mean, just you're scrolling the top the top kids here. Number two kid in the nation, Justin Fields, Georgia. Zamir White, you know, top running back in the nation, Georgia. Jamari Sellier, best guard in the country, Georgia. Cade Mays, probably number two offensive tackle in the nation, Georgia. Adam Anderson, great linebacker, uh, hadn't actually signed yet, but will I think uh, if, if I got that right. Uh, no, he did sign. Sorry. Uh, yeah, Adam Anderson, too. Georgia, uh, you know, Brenton Cox, defensive end, Georgia. I'm still in the 30s here of the national rankings. Number 33 overall player in the nation, Dalvin Cook's little brother, James Cook, Georgia. Trey Hill, elite guard, number 39 in the nation, Georgia. Luke Ford, top 50 tight end, Georgia. I mean, just nuts. Georgia, It. I, I think we saw this this morning. Georgia, this class they put together is the sixth most talented class of all time by the rankings. What were you thinking when you were seeing this go down? Yeah, um, watching it unfold as as the last couple of days panned out, it was terrifying personally because I'm a Florida fan, as those of you know. Um, I mean, five-star quarterback, a pair of really, really talented running backs in Zamir White and, and James Cook. Um, I mean, you look at the number of blue chips. I'm going through here, I would say, what, 75% of their class? It's crazy. I mean, it, it, it's their class is, is ridiculous. I mean, you're 18 out of 24. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's absurd. That is exactly 75 percent class. It, it's basically what Alabama did the last seven years exactly. before this cycle. Um, it, and I think that's just a credit to Kirby Smart and and the way that he's modeling his program after Alabama is actually working in Athens, um, as we've seen so many former Sabins fail to do so. Um, so it, it's really incredible and, and just, I mean, Kirby Smart's in year two. You look at the class he brought in last year, this year, Georgia's in the college football playoff, could definitely make the national championship. It's, I mean, it's, it's incredible. I mean, if you had to ask me to bet, like, is there one team that you think will win a national title in the next, like, four years? I think I'd put my money on Georgia because they have a young quarterback in Jake Fromm because they have a, who's a kid who's like Russell Wilson, you know, jumbo-sized in uh, Justin Fields. This class reminds me a lot about the 2008 Bama class, 
right? They, where yeah. they just got like every single person. They, they signed 21 four stars that year and three five stars. And it was just, you know, Julio Jones, Tyler Love, BJ Scott, Jarrell Harris, Mark Barron, Courtney Upshaw, Mark Ingram, Alonzo Lawrence, Barrett Jones, Burton Scott, you know, Star Jackson, Michael Williams, Mar- Marcel Darius, Devontae Bolton, Chris Jackson, Chris Jordan, Damian Square, you know, just Dante Hightower, Brandon Lewis, Robert Lester, uh, Terrence Cody, you know, as, as a JUCO. Um, just a ton of kids in, 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 who panned out and who, who you all, like when you watch them, you're like, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. That's a good player. Mm-hmm. That's another really good one. Okay, wow, they're all just just killing it here. Uh, so Georgia, I think, is your number one winner of early signing day. I mean, not only because of the talent they, they brought in, but they, they got the kids signed. Right. That's big. That's really big. Georgia's class is ridiculous. It, look at the rest of the SEC and the SC East. Georgia signed six five-stars. The rest, of this, the rest of the SEC combined signed one, Alabama. Yeah. Yikes. And you look at where a lot of these kids are from, and we've talked about this in the past, Georgia. I mean, Kirby Smart is just cleaning up the state of Georgia as he should. Um, but but that's like one of the more impressive things too. And I think, you know, something that Georgia fans were really looking for. Um, you know, Mark Rick liked to recruit out of the state of Georgia a lot of times, um, which worked out sometimes and sometimes it didn't. Now you're almost always seeing those local kids sign with Georgia as opposed to other SEC schools. You're really seeing Georgia be uh, all in. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you understand how recruiting works, I think y'all understand what I'm talking about here. Georgia is not messing around. Like they are playing to win. And that, when you do that and you're in a super talented state, you're going to get results like this. Uh, also, a note, you know, Georgia, Georgia Tech's like no threat for them. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Uh, Tennessee, yeah. major turmoil for them, right? They got the best player out of Tennessee in, in Cade Mace. If, if Tennessee's normal, you know, doing their normal thing, or I guess right. their, their thing they did a couple, de- couple decades ago. That probably doesn't happen. Look at this, too. Georgia, 18 blue chippers. Florida, South Carolina, and Tennessee combined, 17. Jeez. Yeah. That's Dang. nuts. I, we could probably do a whole show on Georgia, but <laughs> I know we have other things to talk about. Uh, so let's let's move slightly to the east here. Clemson had a tremendous day. We, we talked about this on a show over the summer. I'm, I'm trying to go back and find the show. Maybe, after, maybe I'll do it after the episode. Remember we talked about Clemson might sign the best like pound for pound class in the nation. Mm-hmm. You know, like they, they didn't have the numbers to sign like the top class, which is true. But as far as like recruit for recruiters, you know, average ranking ninety two point eight one is really nice for them. Uh, four four stars. That's the second most in the country. Um, they land the number one quarterback Trevor Lawrence. They land the number one defensive player in the nation Xavier Thomas. They land the number two. Uh, defensive player in the nation, K.J. Henry. Number one offensive tackle, Jackson Carmen. Um, number five receiver, Darian Kendrick, who you know, kind of a quiet recruitment, just went about, did his thing. Mm-hmm. He's really good. Uh, and and some some kids as well with good upside, uh, kind of you know down ballot in their class, if you will. That's a heck of a class for Davo Swinney to, to follow up a nice class last year and a really nice class two years ago. Clemson, just more and more every year, looks like they're very much here to stay. And I think that Obviously, they don't have the same class as Georgia, and the dogs were dominating, you know, the last couple of days because their class was so successful. I think Clemson kind of flew under the radar a little bit. Um, you know, they weren't talked as much as Georgia, some of the Ohio State classes. Texas had a really good class as well. But, I mean, in terms of needs and, and getting those high-rated guys, they nailed it. Absolutely, they did. They're, they, they're the class of the ACC now, mm-hmm. uh, for sure. 
How about you? You mentioned Texas, by the way. Did you see that defensive back class they brought in? Oh, God. <laughs> I, and what an advantage that's going to be in a league like the Big 12. Because in, in the Big right. 12, everybody's spreading you out. Everybody's running four or five wide for the most part. I know there's, there's you know, Baylor's doing the more of the pro style thing though, mm-hmm. under Matt Rule. And, you know, I know there's one or two who use a tight end still. But Morgan, that's a lot of four wide, four wide sets. And if you can actually man up, and a lot of that four wide stuff is just, you know, as you know, put four, four guys out and find the weak link in the secondary and throw at them. Right. Texas that's, got yeah. – That's what I love about it is we're talking about the Big 12, a league that is not known for its defense, especially not the secondary. Um, but what they did, I mean, they've got a few guys that could probably maybe see playing time like really, really early. Um, so, I mean, that's huge. I mean, exactly right, Morgan. And to go with you know, number one safety in the nation, B.J. Foster, number two corner or number five corner in the nation, Anthony Cook, number three safety in the nation, Caden Stearns, number six corner in the nation, Jalen Green, you know, Demar- Demarvin Overshone, really underrated kid. I think I know he's a top set, top seventy player, but there are people who think he's the best DB in that class at number six safety in the in the country, and then number fourteen corner in the country, Deshaun Jameson, a little undersized, but he's a dog. That's a guy I want in my secondary. If you can line up and play with five or six DBs in that league and still defend the run, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a huge deal because now now you can cover it. You can play all sorts of man coverage. I think back to those great Houston teams that Tom Herman had, and Todd Orlando, the D.C., loved the blitz. Loves the blitz. Right. If you're going to blitz, I mean, you you got to play a decent amount of man coverage. I think Texas secondary is going to be really good. Like, I've seen all these guys play. Uh, and and they hold up very well one on one. You know, the question with Texas is probably going to be, you know, did they do enough on on the lines? Right? They they got some bodies there. I think that's a good start. Mm-hmm. You know, did they get enough defensive linemen? Ne- Tom Herman was very honest with this. He said, "Look, we are going to need to sign a lot of defensive linemen next year." That's probably a hint to kids in the state. Like Texas has playing time. Hello, uh, but that's that's impressive right there. Um, that what, what, what they did in the secondary. Their receiver class is also pretty nice. I mean, to, to get Brennan Eagles and, and, and Vontae Woodard, that's uh, that's going to work really well for them. Um, try to think who. Oh, Morgan, coaches who who were for first time coaches. We did see this a lot. Like those schools, by and large, like compared to their normal averages, kind of struggled. And it wasn't like, hey, this coach is doing a bad job. This coach is doing a bad job. Mm-hmm. They all just kind of they they all just kind of struggled. You know, it was it was tough because like you only had like such a short window to establish relationships with these kids. It, who who do you think did the best job as far as like the early signing day stuff among the new coaches? Uh, Mario Cristobal did great. I I don't know how much that was him keeping on the existing Oregon class that Willie Taggart had. I think that's kind of more evidence of that. Um, pretty happy with Florida's class. Um, I mean. Before this week, especially with the Matt Corral decommit, they were like in the 30s. Currently, they're in the top 15, which I think is pretty solid. Obviously, getting Emory Jones was huge and and definitely a need for them. Um, But really interesting to see Florida State being so low. They're mid-30s right now. They'll probably stick around there, you know, through February, maybe move into the 20s. But um, I think a lot of people were kind of shocked to see that just because, you know, as we, we talk about these brand name schools that you expect to get some of these bigger kids and bigger classes just because, you know, they are Florida State or they are Florida. Um, really tough times for, for Willie Taggart this time around. Yeah, and I think with, with Willie it was okay. 
you know, do you take and load up on kids who you feel like are filler, right? Mm -hmm. Or not? Because, you know, they're, they saw, they, nobody signed, like, looking at this, Florida State and Florida tied for the most uh, four and five stars signed among the, the teams with new coaches. Mm -hmm. And FSU was the only one to sign a five star. Where they're really lacking is in the depth of the class. They only have, yeah. it's only a 10 member class right now. Yeah. So, you know, Taggart yesterday said, we're going to sign 18, 16 to 18 kids, he said. And I thought, okay, that does seem a little low, but I think what the message he's sending is Florida State does not want to take a bunch of kids who won't be able to play on a right. already pretty loaded roster. So they'll they'll try to go and, and sign more, you know, next year, I guess. But they are going to have to do some whale hunting down the stretch. The mm -hmm. one thing I, I, we can transition out of this a little bit into, into another topic here, the one thing that I think is really important here, I'm hearing from so many coaches, especially coaches who are at new schools, man, we just, we cannot believe this kid signed early or this kid signed early. Like there was a lot of kids that they expected to, to flip right later on. And they just, and the kids, it's always the kids first time doing this, right? Schools mm -hmm. have done signing day before. Now they may not have done early signing day, but they've done signing day. Look at Minnesota's class, for instance. I've had people tell me, I can't believe Curtis Dunlap didn't, you know, signed early or Rashad Bateman. Look, Georgia and, and Texas A&M and Florida State were all in on Bateman, and they just wanted to wait because he's maybe not quite as freakish of an athlete as some of these other kids. Minnesota goes down to Georgia and gets a kid who won't wait on Georgia and Florida State and Texas A&M. Yeah. He, he wanted to – that's incredible. Like, that's a kid who Minnesota normally loses in January, 100%. And and they didn't, and people were kind of shocked that that he signed early. I mean, look at uh, look at Terrell Smith, kid out, out of South Gwinnett, you know, a little further down Minnesota's class. Excellent player. I mean, I, I think he's much better than a player that Minnesota typically signs. To be to be quite frank, so PJ Fleck, great job of selling a vision and great job of leveraging these kids into signing. And, and I think part of it's, hey man, we believe in you. We talked about this on the last show. Remember, like mm -hmm. the, the pitch is going to be, we right. believe in you. We're not asking you to wait, man. You're going to be the star at our program. You're not going to be some backup option. And in truth, they would be backup options at other schools. Now, they might Absolutely. end up playing. But now, instead of playing B and playing C, some of these schools are – it's basically the – you play fantasy football at all or, or fantasy baseball? Not – no. All right. Fantasy so there's football, idea, I do. You know, there's a kind of like the stars and scrubs idea, right? Your team – like some teams are more balanced and other teams are like just studs and guys who aren't that good. Down the stretch for a lot of these teams that have holes to fill, that's what it's going to be. It's going to be either you win a battle for a really good kid, or you got to take a pretty big reach, or you just pass on the position and, and t you know take one in, in the next next year's class. There's not and a whole I, lot of good second, like you know, second and third options right. here for teams to get. It dried I up. think that that's that's also evidence of this was a complete learning experience for all of these coaches. I think. Now you're going to see more than ever, especially after so many kids did sign um, during the early signing period, coaches are going to be going more all in on these kids as opposed to waiting them out, waiting to see what they do. Because, you know, as we saw, you might lose out on, on who you really wanted because you weren't sure. So um, I think we could see that this actual signing in terms of numbers of kids who do kind of go up as a result in the next few years. Exactly. I, I don't, uh, I don't know if it's going to hold true for next year. I'm, I'm right there with you. I think we're going to be watching this. If I'm a coach at a big school, I'm talking to the high school coaches next year and saying, look, look at all these spots we had left over last year. 
if if you know this kid you had had you know hadn't signed early, especially if he's not an early enrollee, if he's if he's a traditional you know June enrollee who would normally sign in February, don't mess with it. Just right. just wait because you might get a better opportunity to go to a bigger school or a school closer to home that'll open up you know come the February period. But uh, you know and there's nothing they can do for the kids who already signed. Another kid, you know, Devon Matthews is a kid who signed with uh, with Indiana. I think he's a tremendous player and is much better than Indiana normally gets. There's a kid named named Javion Healy who played for Venice High School. They uh, they ended up went or going to states. Morgan, did you see the stats this kid had? Over 2,000 yards this year. Jeez. Receiving. Receiving. <laughs> That's six absurd. Foot, six foot two receiver. He signed with Coastal Carolina. Wow. I'm like, what? And I've had coaches <laughs> asking me, what the heck? Like, why would this kid, you know? But look, he, he, he's probably going to be the star of that offense. They're, they're, right. This is a huge advantage for small schools. If this happens again, like one more year, we're going to see a parity shift in college football because the, these sort of mid-level or lower-level teams, and I'm not trying to call, you know, Minnesota and Coastal Carolina on the same level, but there's a lot, of, right. a lot of examples of this. If those teams are consistently getting better options to come to their schools, they're going to beat some of the big boys when, when the big boys have an off day more frequently Absolutely. than they already do. Um, now, a team that we can't really call a disappointment, like as far as the recruiting class, but we can maybe say had a disappointing signing day was Ohio State. It's kind of tough to talk about this because they had the number two class in the nation, you know, 16 four stars, two five stars, even some of their kids who are, are you know, lower rated within their class. I mean, like Dallas Gant, linebacker. I think he's a great player. Uh, I, I really like him. You know, Seven Banks down by you in Orlando at a, at a, at a Jones High School. Mm-hmm. I think he's really talented. I mean, he's rated the, what, number 26 corner in the nation. I I think he's better than that. Um, you know, Alex Williams, a three-star defensive end who was a West Virginia commit, they ended up picking him up. So I like a lot of their players in their class. But at the same time, look at who Ohio State had decommit in the last month. Or, right. And, I mean, they lost Emory Jones to Florida. They lost five-star Jaden Woodbay to uh, to Florida State. And they lost five-star defensive end Brenton Cox to Georgia all in the last month. That's crazy. Like, if you're an Ohio State fan, that's going to be a fairly conflicted feeling because you're like, wait, what the hell? Like, right. We signed a great class, but we kind of finished with a whimper a little bit. And I, I feel like that's a little uncharacteristic of Urban Meyer, too. Oh, if, if coffee's for closers, he's just, just walking around with a thermos <laughs> all the time. I mean, that, that guy is is a, a beast of a closer. Um, there was an interesting thing come out of this, though, when Jackson Carmen, the other kid we didn't mention yet, mm-hmm. uh, when he ends up going to Clemson – number one offensive tackle in the nation from Ohio. Uh, Morgan, I know you wrote about this. So it comes out in the interview that Carmen said Davos when he did what? Yeah, um, this was very, very interesting. Um, and something that like I don't think anyone expected to come out, especially when you're talking about two really respectable head coaches, Davos Sweeney and Urban Meyer, Basically, what happened was um, after Carmen, you know, announced he was signing to Clemson, um, Ari Wasserman of, um, I think, 11 Warriors reported that um, Carmen said that Sweeney uh, basically told him that, well, Meyer's kind of on the back end of his career um, in, in terms of coaching years left. And, and that wasn't 
a huge decision, but ultimately, you know, it helped him make the decision to sign with Clemson easier, um, you know, easier. Um, so that was really interesting, kind of throwing some some shade at Urban Meyer and uh, some of his past moments, like at Florida. Uh, we all remember the whole heart attack thing. Um, that was really, really interesting. And it is, you know, you, you could call it negative recruiting because technically it is. If you break it down, technically he's probably right, right? Right. Like, I mean, how long has Urban Meyer been coaching? Since. All right, head coach since 2001. So this is his 17th season. Do you think Urban Meyer's going to coach 17 more years? That would mean he's retired when he's 70. I, no I, way. I don't think so. So no way. I think if, if, if by the letter of the law, Debo's probably correct. And look, mm. every every school does this, and every school denies it, right? Every single school says, we don't negatively recruit. We just pitch our program. And look, whether it's just out and out lying about a program or whether it's comparative recruiting where you're just you know comparing and contrasting items that you have that they don't, like maybe Clemson could say, we have a slide in our football facility. And, and, you know, Ohio State doesn't. <laughs> uh, it goes on. And it should go on. It's just good marketing, right? Like, this is, that you know, like, we, we see politicians say all this stuff, too. You know, we we would never go negative. And, and you know what? They go negative, too. The only difference is you don't see the commercials that college ball kids, or right. kids you know, see from the schools. But people go negative because it works. Yep. And, and I think it's more than people realize because a lot of times it doesn't come out. Oh, for sure. 100%. I mean, like the, you got coaches telling kids there was a, well, this is not totally negative. This is, there's always, there's this legend that, that one of the Auburn coaches back in the day, not there anymore, that he, uh, he was telling this kid from Georgia that, uh, who, who was telling him he wanted to stay in state that Auburn actually was in Georgia. So <laughs> no problem there. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh man. Uh, so Ohio state kind of weird. Um, they also, by the way, did you see Trevon Grimes is, is transferring? I did. Transferring to UF. And they got Van Jefferson, uh, yep. who is a really good player. Uh, his dad is the uh, receivers coach, I think, for the Tennessee Titans or the Vikings, one of the two. Um, that To me, that's like two four-star additions for, for Florida right there in their class. They won't show up in the rankings because they're transfers. But uh, you know, whether those kids play this year or next year, that's right. going to help Dan Mullen because he's got to flip that roster into a, a spread-type roster. Mm -hmm. uh, and right? now, I mean, Mullen kind of has to paddle upstream. Is that the right term? <laughs> Did I just totally I think so. That? No, I think, I, think, I think you nailed it. In terms of recruiting, going up against Kirby Smart, who has such a hold, you know, in the division on the recruiting trail. But, I mean, it was, you know, it was encouraging. Obviously not the same as doing what Georgia did, but, you know, for his first ever class. And I think that Florida really benefited from hiring him, what was it, right after Thanksgiving? Um, so he had some time to get these kids. Um, I know he talked to Emory Jones, like, as soon as he got hired, pretty much, which, you know, made that decision easier for Jones. So um, I think it was, you know, it was encouraging, but he obviously does have a long way to go. And, and I think down the stretch, we'll see some some really interesting recruiting battles between uh, Dan Mullen and Kirby Smart. I mean, absolutely. And we have, uh, you know, the other thing with that, Dan Mullen was on him at Mississippi State in 2015. Mm -hmm. So I think that helped a lot too. It just, I think he made the right choice. Just like, I know I'm an FSU grad, but 
If I'm Emory Jones, I'm going to Florida because I think I'm probably going to start on day one. Absolutely. Felipe Franks is not mobile. Right. He's also not that good. So, like, if you if you combine, like, not that good and not a runner, and you look at Den Mullen's offense, I mean, his quarterbacks get a whole lot of carries. And Emory Jones has a rocket arm, and I know he says he's a pocket passer, but he's also a strong runner. He's a good athlete, and he's going to do both at, at, at Florida. And I think he'll, he really could be – Really could be their day one starter, um, personally. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's six two and a half, one ninety five. I mean, that's like pretty solid playing weight coming in. And um, he's probably bigger now because that that's a, a you know pre summer measurement. So right. assuming he's been lifting and, and you know going through puberty and growing and whatnot, he's probably over two hundred by now, or certainly will be by the time he takes the field. Um, and he is early enrolling, right? I yes, I believe he is. So yeah, so I mean, uh, that's already another six extra months of, of getting into the weight training program and all that. Absolutely. Um, another class I really like was Virginia Tech. I, I think they're another example of, of a class that, you know, won't get a whole lot of publicity, but nice, nice, solid class, a, a top 20 class for the Hokies. I like their quarterback a lot in Quincy Patterson. He struggled, you know, with some of the stuff at the opening, and that's okay. He doesn't play seven on seven there in Chicago. The learning curve is a little bit different. I mean, 6'4", 232, big-time arm. I think he'll be well coached up there. Um, you know, they got a lot of kids in that class, so I feel like they did a good job of scouting. Some of their three stars are, are, are pretty nice too, and they did a good job. You know, getting Trey Turner out, out of uh, out of North Carolina as a receiver is a big time thing for them. They they've needed to add dynamic playmakers on the outside. They did that. Uh, Armani Chapman is a really good athlete out, out of Virginia Beach. Bishop Solomon, that's a big time high school there. They they did a really good job there in, in the Atlantic region and down in the Carolinas. I think that's a class that benefited from the early signing period and that bigger schools like an Alabama type very easily would have probably been able to flip a kid or two in previous years who are now not able to flip because they are are, are locked in and signed. Um, I also like what Illinois did. I mean, we're kind of reaching <laughs> reaching deep here, Morgan, but look at some of these names in Illinois' class. Very solid offensive line class with, with Jordan Slaughter, you know, Ruben Unijay, and Virtus Brown. Um, you know, they, they get Calvin Avery out, out, out of Bishop Dunn in, in Dallas. Pretty solid, you know, top 200-level defensive tackle commit. Um, they uh, Who else they got? Oh, they have uh, Jartavius Martin, low, a low-rated three-star, uh, rated the 230th best player in Florida. Uh, very confident that's not accurate, to be honest. Uh, there's, there's not 229 better high school seniors than Martin in, in the state of Florida. Uh, that, that's that's a nice class for them. They, they did a good job going down there, getting some get some kids from winning programs too. I feel like for Illinois, and I'm not saying Illinois is going to turn into a good team. They might not. I mean, that that staff could easily get fired next year. But like Deerfield Beach is a winning football program in the state, and they play yeah. defense with attitude, you know. And to go and get a couple of their defenders who are good players, you know, and, and a couple of their kids, that's a physical program. You know, I, I I know you you've grown up around it, you know, mm-hmm. with, with your dad being a coach. Certain programs just always hit you, you know. Armwood hits you, Deerfield Beach hits you, you know. Uh, Phillips hits you a lot of times in, in Orlando. They're they're coming to hit. Right. Deerfield does that, and I think that that's a good infusion to get winning programs into your your program. That's always kind of been, you know, been a loser. Uh, I think that's good. It, 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 um, I'm trying to think here. I know we're kind of going off sheet. Oh. One last thing. Did you see this this uh, JT Daniels story? I did. This was uh this was pretty crazy. That's incredible. Like 
What a huge, huge get. So for folks out there who don't know, JT Daniels, and you have to be a pretty pretty serious recruit, Nick, to know JT Daniels, I think, or work in the sport like Morgan and I do. 2019 modern-day quarterback, JT Daniels, 6'2", 205, but that's his measurement before his junior year, so he's probably bigger now. Threw for like 4,000-something yards this year, has 151 to 14 touchdown-interception ratio, which is Jesus. pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he announced that he's actually going to forego his senior year and enroll at USC. And this is a kid who was the number one quarterback recruit in the nation for the following class, is now a, a 2018 kid. And if Sam Darnold goes pro, JT Daniels could seriously be starting uh, for the USC Trojans in, at a time where otherwise he'd probably be thinking about what he's going to wear at homecoming. I mean, that's that's a pretty big jump. One of the first things I thought when this came out, like, when is the last time that this has happened with respect to, like, a really talented kid? Jake Bentley. Okay. But yeah. Jake Bentley was older. So I mm-hmm. don't know. I don't know. I know in, in an interview with 247, Daniel said uh, that you know he's only 17. And, like, people keep saying he's older, but he says he's not. So I'll take the kid at his word for it. Uh, I Bentley, I'm pretty sure was a year older, so that like he, you know, what I'm saying, yeah. Uh, a lot of these kids do get held back, which if you have a later birth date, it, it's not a bad idea. I know Gladwell's written some stuff about that, um, but yeah, that's a huge, huge deal for USC right there. Um, anyway, like USC needs another break, right? <laughs> oh man! All right, uh, you got anything else? Uh, don't think so oh uh one thing uh, since morgan is in her childhood bedroom here uh <laughs> i'm hoping that the audio on this will be good i'm not 100 percent sure that it's going to be great so just bear with us and we will try to uh i'll try to edit this thing together as best as i can and, and make it sound sound like something special but uh, we'll probably join you again we'll probably do one i don't know like early january uh, after the under under armor all america stuff wraps up and then we'll do one after the army all america America stuff wraps up and then we'll do, we'll probably be doing one a week, but we may take like one week off. I don't think we're going to do one in the middle of next week, probably. So hope you all enjoy this as you're driving to uh, wherever you're going for Christmas or the holidays. And uh, Morgan, hope you have a great holiday. Thanks. You too. Drive safe, y'all. All right, y'all. Five stars on iTunes. Give us those reviews. Take care.